This is an interview that I recorded earlier with uh, with a colleague of mine in real estate. He's not an expert in the field, but he's definitely invested into in cryptocurrency. And he had a lot to say that uh, gives you a background as to what this actually is, cryptocurrency, what it's meant to do, and what it's already doing. You're listening to The Andre Segovia Show. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me to discuss cryptocurrency today. Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, it's been news a lot thanks to uh, Facebook, of course, and, and we'll get yeah, and we'll get to your thoughts on Libra and their whole uh, Calibra wallet uh, thing. But I, I think we gotta start all the way at the basics. I, I did talk about it in a video that you're familiar with, um, and for those of you that follow me on a tech channel will know that I've actually talked about this before as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, cryptocurrency. So most people know bitcoin but how many different types of digital currencies out there at least do you would think at the top of your head hundreds maybe maybe a couple thousand but certainly hundreds crazy yeah. but there's only like a handful that are popular yeah yeah there's only a handful that are like kind of proven themselves and have like a, a use case a lot a lot of them are nonsense and scams but some of them are actually have legitimate use cases and serve um useful purposes and then there's different use the purposes to do the top down. All right, cool. So I'm going to hit these bullet points that uh, for, for those that missed it, I will discuss it here. It's like, and I, I might, uh, I might use it loosely, but I might jump between cryptocurrency and Bitcoin a lot. <laughs> it's, it's just so much. Yeah. You know, the, the Bitcoin is its own currency though. And, and cryptocurrency is a definition of all of those digital currencies, but uh, okay. So cryptocurrency, we know is a virtual currency. We can't touch it. So the example that we discussed would be like Bitcoin and the, the latest thing from Facebook, which is Libra. And now what's the other one with an E? I keep forgetting Ethereum. Ethereum, yeah, yeah. It has a cool name, but I have a hard time pronouncing it. So now it's traded between people, but, not, but no banks are involved. Banks are not involved because of uh, regulations, you know, like holding assets and, and all these kinds of things. And, and for, because you know, crypto is such a new like technology, it, the, 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 the financial regulations and, and laws on it are still like you know in development and it's still being figured out mm-hmm. and so so because of that and you know like banks having to uh you know protect consumers and all this kind of things uh, they can't get involved with it directly right now that's going to evolve over time um it's going to evolve big time over time so for now that means you are the bank you're the exactly. carrier of your own money so anyone that keeps their money in a shoebox or in their mattress not the banks it's something that they should be interested in, basically. It's a digital version of keeping money under your mattress. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, now here, here's the part where it gets interesting. That the transactions of like uh, digital currency, um, they're recorded in a public ledger. Yes. Also known as blockchain. The blockchain, yes. So who maintains the ledger? Uh, miners. So so miners basically verify transactions. They call them Bitcoin miners. And it's like, you know, people who have uh, certain computer hardware or certain, certain computer software, and they just verify the transactions that are going on in the network. Like, oh, this, this person sent some to that person, that person sent some to this person, and all those transactions are, are being recorded on this big list. And, and that list is called the blockchain. And every, so why they call it a blockchain is because every block is just like a small list of transactions, right? And I think it's like every 10 minutes or something along those lines. Um, and every, and, and there's still different blockchains too. Like they could be programmed differently, uh-huh. but it's like, like one block is just like a list of data. And 
the next block will have like a, a reference to the last block. So, so why like this is a big deal? Because as these, you know, these blocks are being added and the list is growing and growing, <clears throat> it cannot be changed. Like the all data in the past, like it can't be changed, it can't be deleted, and it's fully transparent, so anyone can see it. It's not like only, you know, one bank or one company or one government is controlling all of this. Mm -hmm. It's like any person or group that decides to be a Bitcoin miner or, or another, they call a node, can participate in this and and see. Like it, it's completely, you know, 100% open and transparent. And that is how you also create the cash. That's how it, it comes into existence. So, so that since like like Bitcoin itself, it's uh it's like a it's like a big code, like a big computer code, that you know uh, uh, allows people to transact Bitcoin or just to hold it, and then you know keeps the big list of all the transactions, which is known as the blockchain. Uh -huh. And that code has programmed into it the rate at which more Bitcoins come into existence. Mm -hmm. So Bitcoin is, is kind of like the reason it's a big deal in terms of a store of value like gold or hard assets is because it's rate at the rate at which Bitcoins like come into existence is completely 100% no. Like people know how much it exists, how much is going to come into existence and it's and, and the reason why, why, why people value it as a store of value is because it has an absolutely fixed supply and rate at which that supply comes into existence, it makes it like a very rare hard asset that's digital. That makes sense? Yeah, it, it, it does. To me, I don't know how many people can keep up, sure, yeah, uh, but, but it, 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 no, that's the thing. The whole thing is tech, and uh, I think people are hearing it for the first time on, on, on my show today because... They only hear like Bitcoin, 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 the price or the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, Bitcoin is literally like a small component into what is really huge. Yeah. Uh, and and that's why I wanted to talk about it. And just to clarify for those listening, when he said miners, he's not talking, he's not talking about underage uh, people. <laughs> he's talking about uh, miners as in those that are digging. Like and when like, yeah, gold miners, uh, yeah. like salt miners or any of those <laughs> sorts. And, and it's through that... Uh, like uh, Minecraft, for example, that whole uh, digital mining of sorts. Um, one of the notes that I have here about uh, that we'll talk about that crypto cash is created by mining. Mining itself is like um, you need the you need the hardware for sure, but normally that's like uh, uh, math problems, like the kind of algebra. Yeah, that, that's the cryptography of it. Why they call it crypto? Because there's there's like a uh, when when going like when when a block of data is being created. There's a certain part of it that happens that that's called a, a cryptographic hash function. People could Google, you know, Google it if they really want to find out like, how it all works and all this. Uh, and that basically, like, um, is it's just like a big complicated math problem. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if, if one of the miners solves it, then you know they get uh, rewarded in the coins. Uh -huh. Price was <clears throat> all right. I'm pulling up in real time because in the article that I was pulling information from, um, this is an article from The Sun that had the bullet points. It's dated, if it had a date. Oh, there we go, June 18. Um, June 18. The, what uh, a big bit since then. A, a Bitcoin was valued at 7,000 pounds. 
Um, let's talk about what it equals in terms of U.S. dollars as of today, which is June 28. It's currently at twelve thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars and thirty cents. One Bitcoin is equal to that. Yeah. In early March, it was it was like three or four thousand, and over this last week, you know, it got um, over thirteen thousand, near fourteen thousand, and then you know now it's pulling back. And uh, this this is what most people know of Bitcoin. This is the, the wild volatility. Like it yes. in the 2017 bull run, it was like, you know, it went from like a thousand bucks to twenty thousand, and then you know over time crashed down to three thousand, and now it's back up, you know, flirting between fourteen thousand and twelve thousand. And that's what most people <clears throat> like. That's what most people know about Bitcoin. It's yes. a wild price yes. but, but the reason it moves so wildly like yes. that is up is because of the fixed supply. Remember, we were talking about how uh -huh. there's only so much that will exist. There will only ever be 21 million bitcoins, and a lot of those have been lost by user error. But like, you know, the person has them, and then oh, they they lose them, or they forget the password, or whatever. So there's there's only ever from the from the the, the program and the software code, there's only ever going to be 21 million. But a lot of those are lost. So there's actually rests, and like no no government, no central bank, no Federal Reserve can ever make more of them. No random person can ever make more. It's like there's only going to be this much. So because of the supply is so fixed, when large amounts of money come into the space to buy Bitcoin, uh, you see, you know, you see this big moves like we saw at the end of 2017, like we're seeing now. And what is going to come, you know, the amount of money that's going to come in is that people are not going to believe the prices we see. And the reason, again, is because the prefixed supply, there's only so much ever. So when money comes in, you know, it really um, has a strong effect on the value of it. Well, but that's still dependent on someone creating this. Because it's coming, so that means someone's making it. The, it, it gets, it comes into existence from, like, the, yeah. the transactions happening. And, and only so much of it will ever be, like, they... And it's, to, to an extent it does, uh, but... I guess, in other words, there's a limit to Bitcoin. There's only so much that it can be. Ever going to be so much. So what's the max this thing going to be worth then? Vince, yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, we saw it go to 20,000. We're, we're probably going to see a blow past that over the next one to two years. I mean, we already saw it go from, you know, like you were saying, when you, you know, when you pulled up that article, it was what, that seven, seven hours pounds. And then, and then in a week, you know, it went, you know, it went up to 14 and the all-time buy is 20000 I mean, it, it's right there. I mean, now, what caused this spike recently, do you think that was because of Libra? Maybe. Some people speculate that. The, 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 it looks awfully convenient in terms of timelines. <laughs> so from what I saw on the graph that I pulled up on Google, like it looks around the same time that there was announced. So, Now, let's say you have Bitcoin today. How... Would you be able to manage your Bitcoin on you, your person? Um, it can be done with kind of typical smart clone. You know, both Android and iOS's have various um, what they call wallets, uh, and it's basically it's kind of like you know how people have like their app for their their regular bank, where they have apps for their credit cards. Yeah, it works kind of like that. <laughs> like you know, it just works through an app, but um, you can hold like these actual currencies like on apps called wallets 
and and you know wallets are made with you know various levels of security and you can get you know two factor authorization and all these kinds of things for su- you know super uh, secure privacy yeah and there's even like uh, you know little devices um, like a Trezor and Ledger where it's like even more secure for people who have like large large amounts they hold them on there um, but it's it's the idea of Calibra, you know, Facebook's like about Calibra. Yeah, their own wallet. Yeah. Calibra is basically a wallet, you know, mm-hmm. and and for Bitcoin, there's there's a bunch of different wallets, and um, it, I mean, it could work like let's say let's say someone has none, like someone has zero, they don't own any, they could go on their phone, the App Store, and download a different number of apps, and then I could be like, oh hey, you know, let me let me send you some, let you send them some, and now they've received their you know their first coins, or they could go onto uh, a couple of different exchanges. Where they can exchange uh, fiat currency like U.S. dollars or you know French pounds or you know, Chinese uh, or, or Mexican pesos, and with that they can buy the coins. Mm-hmm. And the two the two kind of main ones that are most well known and, and the most safer people are Coinbase and Gemini, and people could just go kind of almost like um, almost like any stock exchange. You know, they just go on there, send their dollars in from their bank account, or you know, some of them will accept credit cards. And then with the dollars that they send there, then they can say, oh, okay, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin or I'm going to buy some Ethereum or I'm going to buy some of this or some of that. So let's, let's just take like the Coinbase example. Let's say someone doesn't know any, they want to get some. So they could download the Coinbase app on their phone and then, you know, they go through generating all their identity info to their bank account. And then they can send money from their bank account to the Coinbase app. And then on Coinbase, they can buy, you know, there's a few different... Uh, cryptocurrencies on Coinbase they can buy. And when they buy it, they can hold it there. You know, like the, the Coinbase app has like a wallet built in. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, let's say if they, they have it on their Coinbase app that they want to send it to like a, a wallet in their computer, then they can do that. Or let's say they want to send it from their Coinbase app to <laughs> one of those hardware wallets, which is more secure, they can do that. So, so the idea of a wallet is like, it's kind of just like an app where like it holds it. But you can send and receive to almost any other um, wallet for the same coin. So let's say, like, like if I buy Bitcoin, I can buy Bitcoin on Coinbase, and then I can send it to you, and then you can send it to this person, and then this person can send it back to me. Then I can send it across the world. Like it just goes, um, you know, it, it can go from one wallet to another. Mm-hmm. All you need to know is the wallet identifier, which is called an address. It's just a big string of randomly generated numbers and letters. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bank account, so to say. Yeah, but but the person is in control. Uh, but she, the, I guess the, the the first the first red flag I get on that is that the the wallet is made by an app made by a developer that's someone else. So I, I've always said that the cloud is just you storing information on someone else's computer, and that's kind of the same idea. If you if you're gonna have cryptocurrency and you're gonna store it somewhere, you're storing it in someone else's computer because you didn't create the app. Where in the case of like the the uh, the institutionalized banks really there is an understanding that they're holding your money there's a note saying so much mm-hmm. it's like this is yours and it's assured by the FDIC if someone ever tampers with it or they lose it for some reason sure in this sense because there's no there's no oversight whatsoever it's people trusting people it's kind of like a barter system here yeah. there's that concern that uh, okay, I don't have a cryptocurrency wallet, so I'll get one of these. Looks like it's the most popular, but I didn't develop that. 
maybe it's one of those I have to create an account or whatever, remember the password or whatever. So now someone has my password and my username because I created it on that system, that software. And now it's the place I'm trusting to put all my money in, not your own device. So it, that, that's still like, that, that to me, it's, it is a concern. Mostly because, because those that create these things, they must be really good hackers too. <laughs> they have to be. The, 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 ones, the ones that are out there, the ones that are, they, they know how to read binary. HTML code is their, yeah. that's the way they speak. Yeah. So, um, in keeping that in line, there's this last point that I kind of left out uh, because the coins themselves can be traded anonymously. That's not true. It's not true. Not anonymously. Well, it can't. well, you can if you know the code. Like, you can, you can erase the sender. No, because that, that's, that's what the whole blockchain is. It's the list of the transactions from sender to receiver. Now, it, it's pseudonymous. So what that means is, like, if you put like a John Doe or something. Not exactly. It's like with like a, like a, uh, an address of a Bitcoin wallet is, is like a long string of characters, like, like numbers and letters randomly generated. So, so the, you know, the, the, the blockchain has all the data of all the transactions. So let's say like, okay, you knew somebody's wallet address and then you, you could go online to what's called Blockchain Explorer and you type in the wallet address and you can see all the transactions to and from that address. That's the whole idea of the, the transparency of the blockchain. Now it's pseudonymous because like you, you can see like it went from this address to that address. It doesn't say like, you know, like if I sent you money on Venmo and it's like, you know, Chris sent money to address. <laughs> but on the Bitcoin blockchain, you know, it's like, you know, 3XP7QW9 sent, you know, one Bitcoin to, you know, 5CB31WX. You know, like, you don't, you don't know, if it is, yeah. but, but if, if you find out, oh, okay, this person owns this address, then you'll know, okay, these are the transactions this person has done. But since it's people, technically anybody could create an account and they don't have to put their real information in there. Well, if if you're doing it from like a big, um, a big exchange like Coinbase or Gemini, you know, because they're big companies, you do have to put your real information. I'm sure for KYC. But let's say like if if some, and this is why like you know it's well known in, in its early days for like the uh, you know the black market and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, if let's say like someone, because um, you know you can buy them from Bitcoin ATMs, you can receive them from people, you can receive a friend's payment. So if someone had some Bitcoin, you know, they could uh, send it to someone else on just like like a wallet that's not um, held or owned by like Coinbase or a big company, just like a like a pure wallet app. And if no one knew those addresses, then no one would ever know who those people were that yeah. to each other. So in that case, it would be anonymous. Yeah, which is which is why some people assume that cryptocurrency is a way of doing. Uh, illegal activities or something like that, or funding them in some way. Yeah, and and yeah, a lot of a lot of illegal activities have been done in crypto. But in crypto, it, you know, it's so much easier to trace than in physical cash. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, how much illegal activity happens in physical cash? That's true. That can that's never. True. I, I totally agree with that. Searched or, or you know, but with 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 the cryptos, you, know, you have the blockchain, which shows the data. Like, okay, this much went from this address to that address, and it's on the blockchain. It can be. It can't be uh, deleted. It can't be modified. It's it's history recorded and can never be unreported. Mm. So the average person cannot exactly just 
go on and say, I'm going to be a miner and create uh, <laughs> cash. <laughs> you laugh at that concept. But in the this days, <laughs> that was happening a lot. And then, you know, people would make what's called mining rigs, but they would get like, you know, uh, you know, different computer parts and software and get that kind of thing going. And of course, you have you know, big groups that would get, you know, large sums of money and make these huge mining facilities. Those are all over the world. But for some, you know, for some of the, the other coins, um, people could like mine from their laptops, mine from their cell phones. And this will always kind of, you know, evolve and, and develop um, as, you know, technology is developing. But if someone, like, someone can mine from their cell phones because it's an app, what does it mean then? I don't know if, if you if you looked into that one because I'm curious to see what the what you have to say about uh, what does it mean to have a blockchain smartphone? Like, yes, an app on a phone is one thing, but for a device, a hardware-specific device to be recognized as a blockchain device, what then does that mean compared to these other ones? Because, uh, like, the HTC... Um, Exodus, the, the this one's called a block. Uh, the block, the first blockchain for they, at least they're making that marketing declaration, which is practically the right yeah. of, for the consumer. Uh, not, uh, but uh, there are other ones that that have done it. But a blockchain is also the public ledger, so that means that falls technically their bank. That's the idea. That's the idea where all of this is going. Is that like the the apps, the phones, you know, your computer is is going to be like your bank and and. Kind of, kind of referencing to your, you know, your episode on Libra, my kind of my own opinion based on kind of things I'm seeing and, and things I've learned is, um, I think we're going to see finance and banking itself just majorly disrupted, and, and Libra is a big side of that because we're seeing now a large private company. I mean, Facebook's a trillion dollar company. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, they're not they're not chumps, and for them to take this initiative, you know, with Libra, the Libra Association. This is a huge disruption. They basically created their own money. And yeah. and look at the backing they have. You know, right now they have a little under 30 companies like uh, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, eBay, Uber, Lyft, who have to stand Spotify. Yeah, they have to stake. Each one has to stake millions of dollars to be involved with this. So, and then those are not, you know, small companies either. Spotify, eBay, you know, all the, these ones that are involved with Libra right now are big companies who are staking large amounts of money to be involved with this. So my opinion is, okay, we're seeing basically Facebook and a bunch of companies issuing money. So there's next, you know, like Google, Amazon, what are we going to see next? This is, this is a beginning, like, I know you're into history. We, we are seeing financial history, like, change right now. And it's going to be, yeah, who knows what we're going to see in the future. Yeah, because, like, the, the, the technology revolution is going on right now is akin to the Industrial Revolution back when uh, Carnegie and... Uh, Carnegie? Yeah. I hope I got that right. Yeah. I'm going to my job. Better than I mentioned their names. The steel industry and the oil industry before the Shemantas Trust Act out of break them down. No, yeah. like, you know, create all those other little guys. Because that's already talked about what's going on with Facebook and how big they are. Amazon, same principle. Uh, to some extent, even freaking Disney, the mouse. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Uh, uh, I, I hate to say Google, but nobody knows Alphabet. Alphabet is the one that owns Google because Google said so. Is that we'll create a new company and call them our owner, <laughs> so we could trade it differently, right? <laughs> like I don't know what the heck they're thinking, but that's that's what they did. But see, that's that, that's where it all comes down to. That uh, that's that we'll bring it to Libra, and then we'll bring it into how this all kind of goes into with the industry that we will, that we both make our bread and butter in. 
the the thing is facebook already right there that's a red flag to anybody that's concerned about privacy i i, I discussed this in the previous episode yeah. because it's it's facebook yep and the fact that they're going to embed it into the facebook messenger whatsapp and it's assumed Instagram because it's theirs. Yeah. They didn't mention Instagram at the onset, which I found a little curious, but I know it's going to be there because yeah. I know a lot of, uh, of, uh, of, of people that are doing business on Instagram yep. and why not have a built-in payment system because in there, it's always having to go out somewhere else. Exactly. Go to their web store. Exactly. Now, what if they can do the shopping right then and there, yep. whether it's clothes or, or, or fitness and nutrition information, whatever exactly. it is. So exactly. the, the concept is awesome. It's, it's, it's the logical step, right? The problem is that it's, it's Facebook and they control so much of your information. Yep. And now you're going to give them your financials. Exactly. So this is, this is the opposite of, so like uh, certain coins. So, so these digital monies, it's basically just like programmable money, right? Like all these cryptos that we're talking about, it's just like money that you can program. And we'll go to that a little bit more. Uh, but like, you know, Libra is, you know, this digital money that, that Facebook has programmed. And yeah, they're going to be able to see, um, you know, because with, with, with Libra and Calibra, it's going to be like, it's going to be very user friendly. So it's not going to be like, you know, a, a big random string of letters and numbers is your address. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know, Chris, Andres, you know, so, so the... Uh, that, that's one of the big concerns about people about this whole Libra thing is it's basically now like Facebook is the bank, right? Or the Libra Association is the bank. But even more so is, is like, you know, you know, the banks have everybody's data, like what they do, their transactions. Yes. But now it's, it's going to be, uh, they're going to have more data. You know, they, they may even be able to approve or deny someone sending money. Uh, that, that's one thing people are not happy about. But with certain coins, like like uh, Bitcoin and pretty Litecoin, no one can stop it, unless like, you know, let's say you, you have like your 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 coins on Coinbase, right? Yeah. And they they're kind of in control. They they can you know maybe maybe the service shuts down or whatever. But for someone who, who truly has what they call like possession of their coins, like they can send it, receive it, and no one can stop them. Like it's truly an unstoppable thing. For example. I remember a couple of weeks ago in, in China, they really cracked down. And oh, you know, no one, no one can transact, no one can send and receive to each other. I, I saw this on a YouTube video, it's like a, a very reputable channel. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that even though they basically uh, banned people from dupe from you know using it, people were sending it to each other in chat rooms and messengers, and it just can't be stopped. It's one of those things that they're 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 doing their best to react to it, but by the nature of how how it works and what it is. No one can stop it. No one can stifle it. So when people want to use it between each other, no one, nothing's going to stop it. I guess the idea is like the digital international waters, right? And I think that's why um, like the European Union, uh, to some extent the United States and also the United Nations, they're desperate to regulate the internet. When they say regulating the internet, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is um, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Uh, so, because the, I see the crackdown, I've been affected by it too. Sure, sure. But maybe that's the smoke and mirrors they're trying to use because the number one thing they want to crack down is finances. They control people's finances, they control you. That's just how it goes. See, they, because they, yep. that, why, did, why, are we, why did we move away from a, a, a gold back system to greenbacks? And why do people not want to use like the, the Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, whatever? They want to use cash because it can't be traced. Meanwhile, 
companies are saying we don't take cash, only digital. And now it's like, okay. So now people came up with an, uh, a digital cash called cryptocurrency. And it's like, uh, that's not what we meant. <laughs> it's like, we wanted you to use your finances that we see where it's going. That, that's, what, that's what a lot of people fear about Libra is that they, they lose that. The, the, yeah, I mean, it, in the articles and, and in the, you know some of the news I've I've seen, like Lib- Libra says they're trying to go to decentralized, which means like you know, there's no central authority. Yeah, the goal, but uh, yeah, exactly. they're, they're, we we know a lot of people. Facebook stands are in it, and that's the main concern because the difference between say the the big banks, yes, you get spammed in your mail because like hey, you got pre-approved for this or this offer or whatever because they do share the promotion, mm-hmm. but they don't really know what to send you, so they just send you general stuff. No, it's Facebook's like, oh, I see what you're shopping for. Yep. Here you go. This is for you. It's in your feed. It's in your messenger. It's in your Facebook. Here's some Instagram suggestions that are sponsored that you say, whoa, 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 what's all this? Yep. And that's the difference. And then they, they know what kind of health care you're getting if you're yep. using the payroll. So that's what that's that's the number one fear in that sense. And uh we can we can spend days just talking about this. Yep. But I, I, I did wanna I'm glad that we were able to discuss the background, where kind of where it came from, what it is, and what Libra means in terms of all this. It's 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 like the same principle, but the no no let me rephrase. It's the same application, the the idea of a digital currency, but uh, the principles are different. Whereas in one case, it's not about a complete freedom from oversight, and the other one's saying we won't, but we're Facebook and we control you anyway. So it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna believe you. This is 1984 all over again. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, the, more, more tech enabled, and I think the way we think about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so to to bring it to bring it all in though, let's, specifically for those of us in real estate. How, it, it, it's, it, have you seen the cryptocurrency hit, yeah. hit some transactions already? Yeah, yeah. So there, there's the, a couple of ways it's going to play into real estate. Uh, just to keep it simple, two major ways are um, more and more and more over time, uh, more and more people will accept the big currencies as payment. Um, it's already happening. Like you know, if you go on uh, Google, you can you can find all kinds of articles. In going back for the last several years of um, real estate being sold and the seller either accepting cryptocurrency or specifically saying they want to be paid for in cryptocurrency. So that's already been... Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure it does, but when, when you have something like that where it's not going through a bank, what does that mean for an escrow? Well, that, that brings up this the second thing, which I was going to... So, so the first thing is more and more people and companies will accept a cryptocurrency as paid second thing is why ethereum is is well known is because ethereum has what's called smart contracts <laughs> so you know like a, a, a typical legal contract you know contracts because the the work you're in typical legal contract you know there's an agreement and this person is going to do this that person is going to do that right yeah but it depends on the people doing what they agreed to okay well smart contracts are basically like digital contracts, you know, just based simple coding, you know, like if then, but it like self executes and enforces the things to happen. Mm-hmm. So an example, example in real estate could be something like, okay, you know, we'll set up an escrow account and on um, the smart contract says, okay, you know, the buyer puts up their escrow money, the escrow account and we'll hold it there. And the seller, you know, if the seller takes this action, then, um, you know, the, they proceed with the uh, the purchase, or you know, if, if the seller takes this other action, then the buyer automatically gets their money back. 
and all of that being programmed into the smart contract and it makes everything execute on its own. So it's not like, oh, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta ask this person to send my money back to the bank or, you know, I, I gotta go and, and wire my money. It's like the, uh, the, the contract can set up like the conditions and then enforce the execution of those events. So that being said, if people could Google smart contracts if they really want to get into this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what is already being done with this stuff is just crazy. Um, well, here's another example. Let's say we have a, a smart contract that says, okay, you know, when, uh, when the seller receives payment for the house, then, um, you know, the, the new deed will be automatically digitally recorded. And on, only when this, you know, when, only when the money's received will the deed be reported. Something like, okay, you know, the, the contract, uh, or the, 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 the smart contract code sees the money comes to the seller. Okay, it triggers. And then now, you know, the, the deed is recorded in a new order's name, automatically executed. This is the kind of thing that smart contracts will enable. <laughs> so think about that. Think about all the different building parts in a real estate transaction. Let's say, you know, you've got all these different human parts, you know, allowed. Uh, the escrow and the buyer and the seller and the insurance and this and this and that. And all these, you know, things depend on people taking the actions and enforcing the contracts. Well, over time, um, software is going to do this. Smart contracts are going to do a lot of this stuff. And that also, you know, even outside of real estate that, you know, enables a lot to be done. Like it's going to be used a lot in supply chains. If you want to get super techie, you can look up how smart contracts are going to be used in like these techie smart cars mm. it's going to be some of the stuff i've seen is like whoa like you might have you know how you know we're going to have these cars that are self-driving and you know collect all this data yeah well i've read how there's you know they there there's talk about like uh, smart contracts in a car where like you know it, w- it will measure your driving behavior kind of where you walk you know where you are geographically and all these kinds of things and then this data through a smart contract can immediately determine your insurance premium. Fascinating. So, so yeah, the, the, the applications of smart contracts um, is is going to be one of the big things from crypto that's going to just be a huge disruption to like everyday life and, and business, big business, and small business. Well, so for people who are into like the techie stuff and hey, you know, how is this, how is this crypto actually going to be used besides people uh, allowing to be received as money is the smart contracts. People could Google and YouTube smart contracts, and yeah, what they find is, is going to be truly uh, mind blowing. Here's an ex- here's a real life example, because you brought up Minecraft earlier. Yeah. So there's there is this is my favorite crypto project. It's called Engine, E N J I N, and these are guys who are uh, super into like video game development, and they started uh, making uh, like. Uh, websites where communities around certain games could form you know like a world of warcraft community or a minecraft community or whatever <laughs> well these guys kind of taken uh, the idea of crypto and said okay we want to bring this into video games and like revolutionize video games so and they already have like you know working products and already working in games i mean these guys what they're doing is super cool so they're doing they're doing basically like creating a real-life economy in video games. Here's what I mean. And it's funny because Minecraft is like their their biggest name game that they're working with. And actually, they just released um, uh, 
announcement of this. So let's say, you know, someone's playing Minecraft mm-hmm. and they're going through the game and they collect all the little items. You know, they get a sword, they get an apple, they get this, they get that, whatever. Yeah. If you were to, you know, play like a in any game, you know, that item doesn't have any value. It's just an item you use in a video game. Well, these, these engine guys, they made a cryptocurrency called Engine Coin. And that engine coin basically is like uh, a currency for video game items. So someone could get a Minecraft sword and be like, oh, okay, this is worth five engine coin. And it doesn't, it doesn't end there. Let's say they have that Minecraft sword, right? Mm-hmm. They could, depending on the game and, and what's programmed uh, you know, into the, the particular game and item, they might be able to... Um, to someone else, another Minecraft player, they might be able to melt it down and lose their sword, but keep five engine coin. They might be able to say someone, you know, someone is has like a, a, a shooting game and they have like, you know, a, a super high level, awesome, rare machine gun. <laughs> they might be able to rent out their machine gun to other players for, you know, one engine coin a day or one engine for an hour or whatever. And another, this is where it becomes crazy. Let's say you have someone, you know, they're someone who plays Minecraft. They get all these items and they get all these, you know, items worth all these engine coin. And they, they what's called melt their items so that they lose all their video game items, but they get to keep all these engine coin. Well, they can then go to a crypto exchange and then exchange that engine coin for its equivalent value Bitcoin. Wow. So here's what I'm saying. This is a little like, this actually exists now and is in crazy development. Kids can play games and they can acquire items, this or that, and their items will be worth uh, engine coin, which is just a cryptocurrency. And then they can, if they want, turn those items into engine coin. They could turn that engine coin into Bitcoin, and then they could go spend their Bitcoin on Amazon, Baskin Robbins, Whole Foods, whatever they want. Dude, this, this exists it's, now. This is real. It's a new definition of child labor. It's like, hey, you're playing video games anyway, so here, make some money with it. <laughs> play some Minecraft. Just play Minecraft. And, and just send me just play that meatball. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's crazy. So this is just like one application of smart contracts. Yes, yes. And the thing is that uh, if everything that we've been discussing already, uh, we know this because we're in tech, but we, I, we have to punctuate it. The possibilities are endless. Yeah. And to see the applications come to fruition how slow or glacier pace they may be that's only because of humans um either stubbornness or reluctance to adopt which is why i'd be interested to see how this picks up in um in real estate because well yeah it's, that's another way to accept um buyers you're also excluding an entire segment of buyers or sellers even that can that only want to deal in in those in those ways right and for the um the more seasoned realtors that are set in their ways that's all they know is what an employee in i like maybe what is a smartphone so like they're not going to catch on to this so it's it's kind of like on our generation to be up to date to to keep learning about these things and also increase our value of our knowledge Consumers are certainly going to know about this, you know, with, with Facebook pushing Libra and sure. and similar projects to come out in the future. I mean, you, you can bet your bottom dollar Facebook. Like, how many people, uh, how many agents are, are constantly trying to market through Facebook because they know a more senior community is there doing those kind of transactions? The millennials know. 
they're not going to buy a house. Rentals maybe, but they're not going to buy a house. Yeah. But if you're if you're marketing into the demographic that has the money or has the assets to unload, imagine being able to do so. Where let's say, I I, I it I just even though it freaks me out to say something sounds awesome. Facebook's your escrow, and your bank. Dude, that that is crazy, and that's why I was saying in the beginning this. All of this that's going on is, is going to be a major disruption to banking and finance. I mean, now well, Facebook has basically become a bank, kind of, right? Like the, the Libra Association. I mean, it's just, and, and even more so, even even more enabled, you know, than, than banks are. How much does Facebook know about you compared to your bank? <laughs> you know what I mean? And how much are they, how much info are they gathering about you constantly compared and, to your bank? And, and the thing is, we're giving it to them willingly. Yeah. It's not like they're, they're just getting it from you. It's like, we giving it to them yeah you said yes on the fine print yeah yeah exactly exactly that's crazy yeah man we could we could talk so much about it but we're running up on time and it's always so interesting let me give you just two things for for your phone yeah we're interested in this yeah i can look on uh two things that are coming in the near future and then these are going to be big big news as well um one is uh spedden so it's like the word spend but you switch the d and the n spedden mm. it's um it's an app made by uh, i think it's called i think it's called flensa but if they if they just google spedden s-p-e-d-n it's an app that's coming out and and what they have done is they've partnered with you know, big companies like whole foods uh basket robin starbucks this and that and then basically spedden is something that the stores will have so that if someone wants to buy something at the store with cryptocurrency that app will receive it and then immediately turn it into dollars so let's like, say you go to starbucks and you have a bunch of bitcoin you want to buy coffee no problem they got you know the starbucks is involved you send them their bitcoin and it goes through the app which immediately converts it into dollars and then starbucks re- receives dollars so that that was already announced a couple of weeks ago and the reason that's such a big deal is because the number of companies and uh, like big legitimacy of the companies involved it's like you know, you're going to be able to use crypto, you know, Bed Bath Beyond, Basket Robbins, Whole Foods, Nordstrom's, places like this. So people could look up Spedden, S-P-E-D-N. Just going to look up the news and learn about that. Because that's a consumer application. No, it's something that affects your regular everyday people spending money. Yeah. And another one is Bakt, B-A-K-K-T. That is, um, it's made by the Intercontinental Exchange, which created the New York Stock Exchange. Sure. And it's basically an exchange where big institutions and funds can start buying Bitcoin crypto. So because, because they're going to have this avenue, we're going to see extremely large amounts of money moving to Bitcoin through backs, and, and the price is just going to, you know, rocket to the moon when you have, you know, like a big institution come in with millions or you know hundreds of millions tens of millions whatever and it comes in and because of the fixed supply you know there's always so much of it so when a you know bunch of money comes in you know the the price goes through the roof because it's so valuable and there's fully so much of it so they could look at back to be akkt and you know when they see oh wow you know this is made by the people who made the new york stock exchange those are not chumps either yeah yeah exactly. those are not people who don't know what they're doing and then uh, sped and SPEDN to see you know, all the, you know, big retail companies who have, you know, opened their arms saying that we want to be involved because they realize, yeah, like you said, it's money. It's another market of pirates. It's another market of consumers. It's the next frontier. Absolutely. And in some cases, it's already here. Yeah. All right, cool. 
Yeah. Now, that's a uh, timeout for the, um, do you have any socials that you want to plug in for yourself or anything like that where people can reach you? Um, yeah, I have Instagram. People can find me at Instagram. Okay. So, they're so the, that's, uh, the, that's where I'll segue in it. All right. Well, uh, Chris, thank you so much for giving us a dissertation on cryptocurrency. We, I bet we haven't even scratched the surface. Yes. But for, um, but for those that like to learn more, thank you for sharing those two, um, um, those two services they could look into. But where can they learn more about you or where, where can they follow you? On Instagram, you can follow me at Instagram. It's Ninja Compos. So my, my last name is Compos, C-A-M-P-O-S. Ninja Compos. Ninja Compos. All right, cool. All right, well, thank you so much for being on the program. And uh, any other big news that happens, I'll bring you back on the show. Oh, yeah, thank you. Actually, absolute pleasure talking about this. All right. Thanks, Chris. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Andres Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay in the know. If you want a question featured on the program or you never know, it could be an episode all on its own, you can message me at any of the social media links available at my website, www.theandresegovia.com. Also available there are all the directories where you can find my show. Remember to also follow me on YouTube and Instagram where other exclusive content resides. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the program. I'll see you on the next one.